Welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. Listen in and learn how to use new mind, body, and spirit wisdom and supportive tools to move beyond your fears, self-doubts, and limiting beliefs. Tanya is devoted to helping you heal pain, illness, and trauma so you can enjoy a healthy body and balanced lifestyle. You deserve to fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and freedom. Join us for our free kickoff event February 24th through the 28th, featuring some of the world's cutting-edge mind-body-spirit healers, coaches, and leaders. Learn more at tanyapenny.com. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Vibrant Body and Abundant Life, an inspiring, empowering series where some of the world's cutting-edge mind-body-spirit healers, coaches, and leaders are coming together to share with you their wisdom, their tools, so that you can move beyond your fears, self-doubts, those self-limiting beliefs that we all hold, plus support you to heal your anxiety, pain, illness, and trauma. As you may know, I am your host, Tanya Penny, self-love catalyst, vibrant body, and abundant life coach. And I am devoted to supporting you to heal your pain, illness, and trauma so that you can enjoy a healthy body, a peaceful mind, and balanced lifestyle. You really do deserve to fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and freedom. And today, I am very excited to share the wisdom of Susie Miller with you. We are going to be diving into the key of self-acceptance, love, and worth so that you can fully heal your body and receive all you desire in life. So, a little bit about Susie before I invite her on. Susie Miller is a visionary, speaker, author, telepathic communicator, multi-dimensional seer, and founder of the groundbreaking Awesomeism Practitioner Process, and also the Everyday Avatar, the Journey Back to Love course. Throughout her long career, Susie has collaborated with professionals in a variety of fields, from psychology, social work, mainstream education, and medicine, to leading-edge scientists, metaphysicians, healers, and new thought leaders. A lifelong student of consciousness, Susie has personally facilitated the growth and mastery of thousands of private clients worldwide. In addition to continuing to support the full integration of unhealed aspects of self through private sessions and the Journey Back to Love course, she currently offers her awareness, experiences, and support through private sessions, workshops, articles, speaking engagements, and live events. So, let's give Susie a warm welcome. Hello, Susie. Hello, Tanya. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. I am very honored to have you with us today. Um, And as we were talking about before we, we started in, it's so funny how those of us 
in the uh, medical world tend to find each other. You know, you being a, a speech pathologist in your in your past life in this in this in this lifetime, your past career, I guess that you want to call it, and me being an occupational therapist. Um, it's it's pretty cool how we how we come together and how we're shifting into these. Gosh, I don't even know what you want to call them. I mean, coaching. Uh, whatever we do that, you know, whatever you call what you do and whatever I call what I do um, with our medical background. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited and honored to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. We're talking about the very important key of self-acceptance, love, and worth today, which I consider to be really the foundation to healing your body and anything in your life, trauma, um, abuse, you know, illness, all of it. So my question to you as we begin is, you know, what does having a vibrant body and abundant life really look like and mean to you at this time in your life? Because I know it can change for us throughout our lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question, too, because I do think that that is um, – that is probably an evolutionary process that, like you say, it does. It changes from the moment we hit the planet until the moment we leave it. But I think that when the vibrancy of being, I guess I would say, or the abundance of being actually kind of um, kind of sits with us or sits within us, I mean, to me anyway, that feels like like living my passion it feels like being in alignment with um kind of my source self or letting what wants to flow through me you know um express through me and to me when it feels like when i when i feel like i'm in that mode um at any different given time in my life regardless of what wants to flow through me in that moment that's when i feel vibrantly alive that's where i feel passionate that's where i feel like my health and well-being is you know kind of is on target and when i feel in resistance to any aspect of um you know broader parts of myself that would like to flow through me that's kind of when i kind of go oh i got some work to do <laughs> you know it's like that's when um, <laughs> that's when it's kind of time to uh to reconnect or, or, you know, kind of get into a deeper dive of self-love. You know, it's, I have this, I have this theory that, you know, within our life experience from birth to death, we're all given one experience after another to love ourselves beyond what we've been able to love before. And Mm. sometimes we take that and we feel vibrantly alive as we do that. And sometimes we don't take that opportunity. Sometimes we want to stay with our old stories. And if we do that, you know, we have a tendency to not feel so vibrant or so abundant. So, yeah. Ooh, that would I, be love, my... I, love, I love your theory. I love your theory. <laughs> it's worked yeah. for me so far. Yeah. Well, and, and to look at it, right, is, is every, it's a very interesting way of looking at it, too. And I think very helpful for a lot of people probably to hear that, that we are always getting experiences or opportunities, right? If, if we choose to call them and look at them that way. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Are, are, they're really helping us to more fully 
be who we are. And in order to do that, we have to, well, yeah, I would say we have to have that self-love, that acceptance, love, and worth. Right? That, well, that, ab- that well, absolutely. And I think they also, I think the acceptance, love, and worth also build the opportunity. It kind of builds the, the depth of the opportunity, too, because we also know that we all have varying degrees of, you know, self-love, acceptance, and worth at any time during our, you know, life experience. And, and to me, it's like we get a certain level of that. And then all of a sudden, some trigger will come up, you know, from the outer landscape or from our, our, our outer lives. And we get that trigger and then we get that opportunity to really use that self-acceptance, love or worth, love and worth. And, and, you know, we, it's always kind of a hit and miss. We get it sometimes when we don't get it. But what I've watched through my own life experience is the more of that that I actually have, the, the kind of deeper dive I can actually take um, in solidifying that or in making that maybe not just purposeful for myself, but maybe supporting and being purposeful for others as well. You know, I'm sure you've kind of experienced that in your own work. You know, you, we, we get these opportunities to get a deeper dive into that experience and then we turn around and offer it to somebody else. Right. I mean, Oh, absolutely. I, I, you know, I think we we teach what we need, right? Um, Yeah. We teach what we have to learn. My theory. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, yeah, I mean, from your, I'd love for you to share a little bit about, you know, your experience. I know, you know, obviously I call myself a self-love catalyst because I too had to, go go into the depths of really looking at you know, why did I get diagnosed, you know, for one, with multiple sclerosis, right? Yeah. And, you know, that there was a lot of, you know, from a mind-body healing philosophy, it, it says that, you know, one of the underlying causes is really that um, as any autoimmune disorder, you attacking yourself, right? So mm-hmm. I, I really I really did start to, give myself a self-acceptance, love and worth tune-up um, when, yeah. I, when, I came, when I came to that understanding. And I would love for you to share a little bit about, I mean, how did you get where you are today, <laughs> you know, offering this, this work that you're doing on you know, self-love and um, even your new course, right, the journey back to love? What brought you yeah. to this point? Yeah, well, I mean, I think like everybody, you know, it's like we have, certain traumas in our childhood that, you know, sent set us on a certain trajectory. So for me, you know, early childhood kinds of traumas and things like that were were pretty prevalent. And so what I noticed is that, you know, I again, this is where I kind of go back to in retrospect, you know, there's not an aspect of our life that is not love, but it takes a long time for most of us to get to the place where we can kind of see it through that vantage point. But, you know, so early childhood trauma, and that gifted me with the opportunity to spend an awful lot of time kind of up and out of my body, right? So as mm. I'm as I'm up and out of my body, disconnected from my body, I'm also learning 
from all kinds of um, uh, disembodied or um, otherworldly kinds of um, experiences. And mm. that, and so again, we were just talking about teaching what we have to learn. As a speech language pathologist, I had a pretty significant experience with a young boy diagnosed with autism. And it's funny, I just caught this recently um, as I was teaching the journey back to love. But basically what this child showed me is he he showed me that his light body was separated from his physical body. And he Mm -hmm. told me in one particular session, he told me that I was there to help him put his light body back into his physical body. And so, so, but that, you know, I, again, I didn't catch this until just literally, you know, a couple weeks ago, but in that moment, what he was, what he was really showing me was that my light body was disconnected from my physical body. I was disassociated from my humanity. And so he, he took me through a process in, helping him to reintegrate um, that light into his form. And he, he changed quite a bit, you know, as far as his autism diagnosis because of that. And so I went on to facilitate people um, in doing just that, helping them integrate their light into their form, helping them um, descend, if you will, back into the human condition and so I had a tendency to have a lot of people in my experience that had also disassociated for one reason or another. Well, and that's right? really common with, and that's really common, you know, I just want to pause for a minute and note that that's really common with people who have, you know, any past trauma. We, we, Absolutely. because of the trauma, right, because of the trauma, we left yep. our bodies. Yeah, well, of course. And if the physical body is not a safe place to be, the only sane thing to do is to disassociate from it. So, but, but what ends up happening is in, and this happens, I've noticed this in a lot of people who are really gifted. I mean, like you said in the introduction, I have multidimensional sight. I'm clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. And so all these skill sets are there. But what ends up happening, I think, for a lot of people is when we disassociate and we gain some of those late, let's say, otherworldly skills, we like that so much that we have a tendency to stay in that realm of there. experience. Yeah. And yeah. we live there, but we, but it, so there's this big gap between the skill sets that we have and our capacity to live vibrantly, to live passionately, to to be in love with life and living <laughs> on the planet, right? And yeah. so, so to me, it's you know, so that first piece was really the descension, if you will, of that space back into humanity, and then the journey back to love is is really the capacity to to kind of okay, so now you've made it back, right? But but it's still maybe quite challenging to live vibrantly, to be excited by life and living, especially when you're coming back to a body that wasn't a really um or a humanity well, that, wasn't maybe, that wasn't the <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't a great experience to begin with. So 
so how do we integrate that? And so that's the journey back to love as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's really that capacity to put the, the, the broader, more refined aspects of our being and interface that with our mental, emotional, and physical bodies. And when we do that, there, there is a natural vibrancy. There's a natural connection to source self or whatever you want to call that bigger part of us that, yeah. that lives, lives through us here. And like I said earlier, to me, that's what vibrancy really is about. That's what enlivens and impassions us at a human level. And it's also what brings health and well-being to our bodies. I would completely agree with that, the whole separation. So what I'm really hearing, you know, you say, to put it simply, is pretty much everyone on the planet has had some kind of a trauma. Um, and it looks different for everybody, right? I have some clients that yeah. come to me, and they don't even realize that they've been, like, they wouldn't have called that a trauma, but it is. Whether right. it's being teased right. at school, whether it's being criticized by a parent over and over, whether it's on the extreme end where you've been physically or sexually abused, Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. To, to, and that trauma, whenever it happened, and whatever how many times, it causes us to to separate from ourselves, right? Like you were talking about the light body and the physical body, and then we've got the emotional body. It causes us to want to leave, <laughs> right? Leave, <laughs> leave who we are, leave the planet, and really, it's that and it's that separation from self and even source right, for a lot of us, whatever we call it, mm-hmm. that ultimately causes the the disease, the illness, the anxiety, the depression, the, right. you name it, right, love, love yeah, relationship yeah. breakdowns, I mean, any anything in our life. When we talk about abundance, we're talking about all of it. And right. so really, you know, focusing on, you know, again, how do we connect? But then once we are connected, how do we accept <laughs> accept and love the body, the the life that we wanted to get away from. Um, right. And recreate. And recreate it, right? Recreate um, the life that we do desire. Well, and I, I think that that's an important piece, too, because a lot of times when we're up and out and when we're living in the world of, you know, all of those gifts and talents and, you know, kind of, superhuman or otherworldly kinds of realities, one, I think there's a real fear that if we do come fully back into our embodiment that we'll lose that. You know, that's Mm. that's part of it. Um, But, of course, we're not going going to do that because we're bringing those back so that we can almost support and enhance the, the human condition. And that's part of, you know, that's part of why we had traumas in the first place and part of why, you know, we learned compassion through that, you know, all these things. But, you know, I think that the other the other misnomer is somehow that when we get back into our human experience and we get reconnected to that, that, that somehow it's all going to be beautiful it's all going to be perfect day in and day out and I think the real you know I think the real gift in coming back is that we actually like you said we actually get to begin to reparent ourselves we get to we get to gift ourselves 
with the love or the acceptance or the appreciation that we might not have felt, you know, for one reason or another through those through those traumas. And like you say, they can be any kind. There's all kinds of situations that cause someone to separate from themselves. And quite frankly, I believe that the vast majority of human beings walking on the planet <laughs> are separated from themselves to one degree or another. So Absolutely. It's, this it, it's this invitation to really parent yourself, to really t- talk to yourself in such a way that um, you are literally reprogramming some of those. Being the parent. Uh, yeah, being yeah, the parent that... Um, you know, being the parent, whether it was the parent that, that, you know, was a part of the trauma or not, a lot of our parents were also separated, disconnected from themselves, did not have 100% self-acceptance, love, and worth, probably not even 50%, um, like my parents. So, you know, it's, a, it's about, you know, no longer holding, I believe it's about no longer holding on to the hurt and the trauma and the, you know, whatever it is that you're holding on to and begin to change that belief, right? The belief that because I didn't get it or because this happened right. to me, I'm, uh, there must be something wrong with me. I'm not lovable. I'm not acceptable. I'm mm-hmm. not good enough. Well, and I think that, I think the truth is too, is that as long as we're in any state of blame, we're also mm. in a state in, of disempowerment. So whether we're blaming, you know, whether we're blaming our childhoods or blaming our spouses yep. or or blaming some aspect of ourselves, you know, it, no matter how you cut it, if you're playing the blame game, then there's really, um, you, you've already disempowered yourself, right? Yeah, you're so, so stuck in victim, in victimization, right? Right. And so, so again, if we can, if we can shift that dynamic a little bit and say, okay, every time that I'm triggered and I would choose to blame somebody else or I would choose to blame myself, then I can use that. I can see that as an opportunity to love myself beyond what I've been able to love before. And so Mm. if I'm going to love myself in that moment, what do I need to tell myself? How do I need to treat myself? What do I need to, you know, share with somebody else in order to, to really, you know, to feel that self-love? And, you know, I think self-love is not something that we kind of magically get. It's something that we work towards and that it's we... It's practice. Yeah, it's practice. It's absolutely practice. And I think one of the things that, I hear a lot, actually, Tanya, is, um, you know, especially as we hear different people say different things, you know, um, or, you know, like one teacher may say, this is what it means to be empowered and this is what it looks like. Or somebody else will say, these are the steps that you need to take to get to this place and that's what it looks like. I think that one of the one of the challenges in that is that People can very easily, especially if they haven't developed a certain sense of self-love, acceptance, whatever, they can use those very um, markers against themselves. You know, they yes. can say, well, I haven't made it there yet, so I must... The perfection again, it takes syndrome. Them, yeah, 
it takes it right back to their old patterning. And so I think one of the very first things to, that's really helpful is to give ourselves permission, I mean, true permission to authentically say what is. You know, so if you're having a crap day, you're having a crap day, you know, and if you're if you're in a day where you're loving everything, then that's what you're doing. But I think first to be authentic with ourselves, to actually be willing to tell ourselves the truth about 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 what is in that moment. Acknowledge and accept, right? Acknowledge and accept. Just how are we feeling at this moment? Yeah, yeah. And once we've done that, then it kind of creates a platform. There's, um, it's almost like when we're in resistance. Oh, I shouldn't be feeling angry or I shouldn't Mm. be in this place. The moment we have that level of resistance, obviously, um, you know, it's like (laughs) my theory is something's going to come up to kind of go, okay, well, you didn't want to feel anger from that place. So let's see if we can get it from this place. (laughs) Let's give you another opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) To love yourself beyond, right. And and so if we give ourselves, it's like, okay, great. I'm angry. I'm furious. I'm whatever. I'm going to feel into that. I'm going to, and if we allow it, it usually kind of neutralizes somehow. And once we neutralize it by allowing it, then we can start telling ourselves, hey, there might be better ways to deal with this particular, you know, experience than getting angry with it. But we can't tell ourselves that when we're in the middle of I think, it. I, I think you just hit a big, a big one there. Um, I hear it so often from, from clients is, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel this way. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and so it's, it's denying the self, right? It's, it's rejecting the self, actually, when we tell ourselves that we shouldn't be feeling a certain way and then of course there's oh my god this happened or didn't happen and then I'm going to beat myself up for that too so we it's like the emotional shutdown and then also the blame game um the blame game uh blame shame guilt game I had to get all three in there um (laughs) which then makes us you know it, it makes us separate from self again right that that rejection that beating up on ourselves yeah, and I and the only thing I would add there is I also feel like it actually when you say self, I think what ends up happening is we all have an identification of what self is, right? What the mm. self is. And mm. to me, any identification with the self is probably something that's going to create some suffering somewhere along the line, right? Because it's almost mm. like whether we um, whether we say I shouldn't be doing that or I should be doing that, it it almost like it it enhances the sense of ourself. You know, it's like it. And to me, when I hear that, I hear that as it enhances our sense of separation. Yeah. Right. And Absolutely. so it's almost like it's almost like this opportunity to love beyond what we've been able to love before is really an invitation to love beyond anything that follows I am. So I am angry, I am sad, I am elated, I am whatever. The opportunity to love beyond what we've loved before, I think, ultimately brings us back to 
I am. You know, mm. it's like I, I, I simply am. I am present, aware, conscious in this moment, and and that is. And and I may be and I may be having these emotions, and I may be having these right. thoughts, and I may be having these external experiences. So our internal and external, and yet, what if we yes. just say, yeah, they all don't of it have is to be real. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we don't we don't have to identify with that. Those are those are kind of like waves in the ocean, right? Those are yeah. the things that arise, you know, for a moment and then and this is what I've watched in my own experience too. I watched that um you know, as certain things do kind of come to the surface. If you you watch them come to the surface and if you literally do just watch them almost as an observer, They'll, 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 they'll ebb and flow, right? Yeah, but it's yeah. interesting that it's when they come up, when this is where it really catches us. I think when those emotions, those thoughts, those feelings come up and we grab onto it, you know, we hold on to it. It's almost like we're holding it up out of the water. You know, it's like we're holding it um, up in some kind of reactive state. And it's not until we just kind of go, Okay, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to identify myself as any of it. I'm not going to identify myself as the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the any of it. Just, I'm, but I am going to watch it. I'm going to be the awareness of it. I'm going to watch it rise mm-hmm. and fall. And the, I think the better we get at that, at just practicing watching it, and sometimes, you know, we get these massive waves of, energy and emotion that runs through us you know and sometimes it's not so easy to just watch it but but the more we practice it it's like the more you watch this enormous wave move through you and all of a sudden it's gone and if you check back in with yourself after it's moved through there will be a spaciousness within you that I mean I I think is really nothing short of love I think that's where we figure out that that we are love. We are the space of love. Does that make sense? Well, and yeah, it does. And the whole concept of being, really what we're saying is being with it, right? You're saying be, yep. be with it. Don't, don't push it away and don't attach slash get stuck in it, right? Yep. Just, it, it's, yep. it's whatever, whatever it is that arises um, both in you and outside of you, can you be with it? without judging it as good or bad, push, and if it's bad, we try to push it away. And if, yeah, all those things that we do, right. But, but really the two you know, patterns are pushing it away or getting stuck in it versus just like a wave. Let's just ride it. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, it's like, and it, it it's all of it. It's like, just be with it. So, so, you know, if like, for instance, this morning, you know, it's like, I was having a, a feeling of loss. I was having a sense of, you know, kind of going into a another phase of my experience and, you know, in the loss of the old identity, the loss of the old experience, right? Susie, I and had so, that this morning too. That's so interesting. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a, a cosmic, uh, a bigger world <laughs> kind of experience. I but, hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, but what was interesting is it, it kind of rises up and you kind of go, okay, I'm feeling this loss. 
I'm feeling the sadness, you know, there's tears, there's heaviness in the heart, the body doesn't feel all that great. And you're kind of sitting there with it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, for me anyway, this morning, all of a sudden, it's like, I'm watching it, and then it flipped to anger. And now I'm like, Mm. just ticked off. It's like, I don't want to have to make these kind of changes anymore. I, you know, and the ego (laughs) starts going, the ego ego gives one last, gives one last fight, right? To hold on to the old. Well, yeah, and but but even listening to that, it's like you're you're kind of just listening to all of it, almost as if there were a bunch of, you know, kind of um, maybe young children in front of you or something like that that were, you know, acting out a certain script. You know, it's like, okay, yep. there you go. You're playing the one that's bullying, and you're playing the one that's doing this and sad, and, and you're having a tantrum. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's so cool to watch. I mean, you start you start being enamored by the um, <laughs> by the ebb and flow versus the content, right? You know, it's like when we really start it's, just watching the ebb and flow instead of what it's actually saying, because what it's actually saying is not true anyway. I mean, that's the illusion part, right? That's absolutely. the that's the programming from our childhood or through, you know, just being human, who knows? The conditioning, yeah. the belief system. Yes, totally. Um, all of it. And and I think it yeah. is, I have found for myself, again, it's not always, you know, as you were describing how you were feeling this morning, what was happening for you, it, it really is bizarre because I had almost exactly the same thing, except mine did not switch into anger. Um, but everything else before that was really, and it was, yeah. I, I was, I was watching it, I was feeling it. Right? And it becomes interesting. It becomes like if you can have a curiosity, mm-hmm. like wow, like what's all what's all going on here? What's coming? And, and I always ask myself, what's coming up? What what is it that's coming up to be accepted and loved even more? Yeah, exactly. That's it. If, you know, that's if, it's, it. if, it's a, if it's a quote unquote negative, you know, experience, you know, emotions, mm-hmm. feelings in the body, all of it, right? Well, and the the interesting thing is, too, is I think, I mean, I always encourage people to try this from the other angle, too, because, you know, we, I think we also can get caught in, um, this will sound strange, but I think that we can also get caught in positive feelings, too. And so, and the reason I, I, the reason I say that is because, Either one of them that we give um, too much of our identity away to, right? We're kind of disempowered. There's a there's kind of a natural ease and grace and love that arise um, in our experience as we kind of let go of both. So a lot of times I'll encourage people, okay, have the best day you've ever had. You know, have this moment where you're just elated because and it's usually because something external has happened right something Mm, external has taken place and that also is a trigger to some kind of euphoria or bliss or whatever but what's interesting is if we can stand back and watch that too then then we realize that you know the energy arises period you know energy is it just arises. And so whether it's perceived as negative or positive, it's still energy arising. And it's still almost always because of an external source, 
you know, so we're still reliant on something outside of ourselves to make us feel good or to make us feel bad. To me, neither one of those is the the deeper opportunity to love ourselves beyond what we've loved before. Because the deeper opportunity is, okay, I I can create from within, from my own sense of sovereignty, um, mm. uh, any feeling I'd like to have in any given moment. You know, that's that's the truth. Right. It. I mean, we, we are creators like freedom. in that way. That's, that's, yeah. that's freedom. Yeah. That is really true freedom is when is when nothing that anything externally does or says or doesn't do or say can't really it can't make us feel a certain way anymore um, about right. ourselves. Right. It's that is like the word sovereignty, freedom, all of it. And I think you said something else that's really important, too, about the positive emotions, getting stuck in those as well. Um, you know, a lot of people that I work with were taught growing up that that was the only acceptable emotion, right? Was, right. was put on, put on your happy face. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people are also stuck in it perhaps for that reason too. So to, to whoever's listening, right? That all of the emotions, any experience you have, any situation, like all of it is actually again, coming back to an opportunity to be accepted Mm -hmm. and loved. And, you know, it's all, it's all good. It's all okay. And, and not attaching to any one thing. Exactly. And, you know, it's one of the um, early experiences I had when I was working with kids with autism, I would be speaking with, you know, I was connecting with the broader states of their consciousness or, um, telepathically in most cases, and then I was giving that information to their parents or whatever so that we could verify or validate it one way or another. And what a lot of the, I've heard the kids say this so often, so many of them, they would say to their parents, we don't care how you feel. We care that you know how you feel, which wow. is two completely different things. You know, it's like, yes. so... So, and it, and to me, that's also indicative of love. I mean, love, God, source, whatever you want to call that broader aspect of ourselves, it really doesn't care what we're experiencing. It cares that we are able to witness what we're experiencing. It's, it cares that we're able to mm, love, quote unquote, use that word loosely, <laughs> you know, yeah, what we're yeah. able to experience in that moment. You know, it's like, and to me, love is, um, to me, love is neutral. Um, there's a neutrality, just like the kids were saying, we don't care how you feel. Your feelings aren't, your your feelings of ecstasy or, you know, you know, just real challenges. They're, they're both, they're both equal in our eyes. But what's what's really important is that you can witness that. You can be aware of that. You can see that that simply ebbs and flows. It rises and falls. That's not who you are, right? And what what just came up, too, is know thyself, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Know thyself yeah. and whatever whatever it is that you find, 
Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Right. Love, yeah. love that too. Yeah. So I know that you already kind of gave us, um, you know, sprinkles of, of some tips here. And do you have something more, I don't know, the word concrete is, you know, what I want to say, but that's the word that's coming up right now. Do you have any yeah. tips or tools concretely to give to people that they can start with today? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd go back to really being authentic with yourself. I mean, if I think it's quite a challenge for most people to tell themselves the truth. And I think it's a great place to start because the minute you tell yourself, you know, if you're angry, you're angry. And if you're, you don't have to tell other people that necessarily, but if you could at least tell yourself, telling yourself, yeah, then what's beautiful about that is the minute you start telling yourself the truth, it's like your whole outer landscape will kind of reconfigure to that truth, right? It's mm. like, it's like you, all of a sudden it's like something I'm, I'm willing to say I'm this to myself. I'm willing to be honest about that. Then the, the universe, whatever you want to call that, 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 that bigger picture can then reflect back to you a greater state of honesty. And a greater state of honesty usually feels a lot better to us. We feel a lot safer, right, when people are honest with us yeah. than when they're not. So how much better will we feel within ourselves? How much more vibrant could we feel within ourselves if we start with being honest with ourselves, right? Yeah, so and that's, that's definitely think, a step. Oh, that's a step um, towards that connection versus that separation, which we were talking about earlier, right? Just, I mean, if you continue to deny any part of yourself, right? right? What your experience is, how you think, how you feel, et cetera. That, I mean, that, that really is separation. So I love that, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's, it sounds simple, but it may not be easy. It takes practice. Because <laughs> most of us have been, because <laughs> most of us have been lying to ourselves, right? About yeah. how we really feel and what we really desire because we were trying to, to please others, many of us, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, or it wasn't yeah. acceptable of what we, you know, what we thought or what we felt as children. Again, going back, going back to that is where it all started. So, so how beautiful is it to have the daily practice of just being honest with yourself yeah. about how you feel and what you desire and, I mean, whatever part of you that comes up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think for so many, you know, like you mentioned shame earlier, there's, you know, within that energy of shame and shame is a pretty low vibrational frequency. You know, if you kind of look at the David Hawkins scale um, in his power versus force book, he has a, you know, he has a, a map of consciousness and shame's, shame's pretty far down there, you know, as far as what it does to, us on it's even below levels. anger, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, anger. oh yeah, shame is below anger for sure, yeah. And so it's interesting because I think it gives us, when we when we give ourselves permission to say what is true for ourselves or at least speak our own truth to ourselves, it's kind of like we elevate ourselves out of that shame because kind yeah. of shame kind of says you're not allowed to have any needs, you're not allowed to have any desires you know it's um 
that's not you're not okay. allowed to feel so, right you're not you're not, you're not allowed, allowed to feel, to feel right. what you feel right right exactly so um so anyway i think that's a great one and beyond that i would just say you know really loving yourself the way that you would like to be loved i mean because i think that's the other thing when we look at the relationships in our in our realities or the dynamics in our realities well again we can place blame and say well i'm not being treated this way that way or the other way but the fact is is that you know the way we love ourselves becomes an energetic pattern or a template and that yeah. template goes out into the world and it invites other people to um mirror that for us to love us in that same way I'm so and glad so that you brought that I'm I'm glad that you brought that up that's a really important point that um is very important you know when I say to my people that I'm working with you know, we teach others how to treat us. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? They're like, what? But I'm so mm-hmm. nice to everyone, and they're not nice to me. And I'm like, are you nice to yourself? Exactly. Do you accept and love yeah. yourself? Because if you don't, yeah. and of course, we're all working on that. I don't think anybody does 100% at this time or no. be here. <laughs> you know, I, I, I used to be, I always joke when I, I have my clients rated on a scale of 1 to 10, right? Where are you? And and I used to say I was at like a one or a two, and now I'm probably at an eight, right? I've done a lot of yeah. work on my self-acceptance and love. But so it's it's a work in progress. But, but truly, the more that you love and accept yourself and really embody your self-worth, you're, you are going to start attracting others into your life that are going to be at that and give you that same level. Exactly. Exactly. I'm really glad. Really glad you brought that up. Um, so, wow, we got some good stuff here today, Susie. I'm just, this has been a really wonderful conversation. Yeah, I've enjoyed it too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, beautiful. And um, I know that you have, you know, besides some of the tips and tools you've given people to get started with, there is a gift that you have today for those of us listening, those people that are listening, and it's it's called How Were You Loved? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that is um, a PDF article that is really kind of speaks to the fact that, you know, so many of us also look back on our lives and it's kind of human nature to pick out how we weren't loved or how we were um, you know, how how our lives went that maybe weren't quite the way we thought it should be. Except what I what I also have noticed is that at the same time we're looking through that lens of what didn't happen. Very frequently we miss what did happen. We we miss how we were actually loved. And it might not have been exactly the way we wanted to be loved, but it it does invite us to look at one how were we loved? And even when that love was maybe less than um, maybe less than um, supportive, less than loving in the big picture, when we look at it through those eyes, I think we have a lot of we have an opportunity to really have compassion for those who attempted to love us in the only way that they knew how. You know, and so one one of two things happens 
we either really, by looking at it this way, we really begin to see, wow, I was loved. I'm only paying attention Mm. to the ways I wasn't. Or if it really was a challenging situation, um, we begin to see that, well, yeah, I was, I was loved in the best way that individual knew how. And Mm. that wasn't really acceptable, you know, for, for me in my life. But there, what follows on that is a natural level of compassion. You know, it's like, wow, you know, um, because, you know, we're we're all attempting to, we're all attempting to do this. (laughs) Yeah, we're all, we're all attempting to love ourselves beyond what we've been able to love before. So. I think that that's so important. Um, I can't wait to read the article. I think that's so important that regardless of the way you were or were not loved growing up, that it doesn't mean that you can't have that now, right? It doesn't, the past is the past. And to continue to hang on to that, it's good information, right? To see mm-hmm. maybe why you are where you are today, but that you can yep. change that, right? That you can change yep. that and you can accept that and heal that path so that you can actually be and attract the love that you really do desire today. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> well, cool. So, um, so you guys, um, you can grab Susie's lovely gift. How were you loved? I can't wait to read it. I'm going to sign up for it today. Um, you can go ahead and receive that with the link below this audio. And for those of you listening um, on the podcast via iTunes, you can come over to tanyapenny.com and all the expert gifts are listed there for you. Um, It's right on my homepage there, the link that you can go and you can find all of the awesome expert gifts, including Susie's How Were You Loved? So thank you so much, Susie, for the gift, for just everything that you offered today. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Great conversation. Mm, Beautiful. So, and I want to thank you, everyone. I want to thank Susie for joining us, but also everyone listening to The Vibrant Body and Abundant Life. And if you haven't yet, you can also receive my free gift, The Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Blueprint, The 10 Keys to Healing and Receiving so that you can fully live your passion, purpose, and abundant life of ultimate freedom. So thank you for joining us. I'm Tanya Penny, self-love catalyst, vibrant body, and abundant life coach. And remember, progress, not perfection. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. Head over to tanyapenny.com to receive access to all the amazing interviews and valuable free gifts from the world's cutting edge, mind, body, and spirit healers, coaches, and leaders, including Tanya's free virtual workshop, Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Blueprint. Heal and receive today at tanyapenny.com.